thirsty is in the eye of the beholder. Someone get a bucket of water. These guys are horny. Baldur's Gate 3, today on. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Press Speed to Cancel, your favorite retro podcast. So retro, in fact, that we're talking this week about Baldur's Gate 3. I think that qualifies. It came out, what, two weeks ago? That's 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 retro, right? But I'm not alone. No, I can't talk about this fantastic video game by myself. I'm joined by three friends, starting with Wolf. Wolf, how are you doing this week? I am doing all right. I don't think I've played this nearly as much as you guys have, but uh, eventually I will. And... Uh... I've had fun with what I have played so far. Good. I'm also joined by this week by Steve. How are you doing, Steve? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate it. It did so take fun. a moment, too, just like he said. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, did exactly what I said. Inside, inside joke to explain to our listeners. We were discussing how we refer to each other. And our guest, just he said, I'm going to just call you Steve. I said, that's cool, but I'm probably going to take a minute because I won't realize it. <laughs> Steve's great. All right. And of course, this week we're joined by actually a special guest, uh, Chris from 1H1D. How are you doing this week? I'm doing all right. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm, I'm excited to talk about Baldur's Gate 3 and uh, chat with you guys. Correct me if I'm wrong. All you guys are, are in Canada. Is that Correct? No, no. just me. No, no. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. I have been referred to as an honorary, honorary Canadian, but okay. No. Oh. Okay. No, he has a lot of flannel shirts, but he's not quite there. <laughs> okay. Maybe in the in the future. I'm further north than you. <laughs> I still Fair. understand how that works. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm in. I'm in Canada. I'm in Canada. Sure. We'll go with it. All right. We'll say I'm you're in Alaska. Steve? I'm Steve Canadian from Canada. Steve. Canadian Steve. Perfect. <laughs> Steve. Yeah. So, Chris, for our listeners and viewers who don't know, how about you tell us where you're from and your your show and, and what you guys do over there? Sure. Um, so, my name is Chris, as you pointed out. I'm not Steve, but I, I am one half of the uh, podcast, one, uh, one Hour, One Decision, 1H1D. Uh, we, my, my co-host Tom and I, play a random game on Xbox Game Pass. And then we decide we play it for an hour and then we decide if it's worth our time or not after that hour. Um, and we've been doing that now for almost three years and uh, okay. 130 odd episodes so far. And uh, congrats on you guys. You guys are up there, too. Almost close to 200, I believe. From what I, yeah, from I think what this I is episode yeah, this 170 is. this week, I believe. Yeah. I think so, yeah. But you so it sounds like you started not, not, not uh, too long after we did. So that's great. That's good. Yeah. Well, and no. Presby took a hiatus for a little while. That's true. We were on a hiatus for a bit, but you must be rolling in that sweet, sweet podcast money like we are. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know it. <laughs> That's why I got this great background, you know? That's true. Like, yeah. That background does look, it looks expensive. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's great to have you here. And the, again, this week is is fantastic. It's It's not Circus Charlie. But it's a, still a fantastic game in its own right. This week we're talking about Baldur's Gate 3, a game that, I mean, there's 800,000 plus, 800, plus concurrent players on Steam. It's like 96 on Metacritic. 
it's a character RPG, a PC RPG from the style of like 2000 and the 90s, and it's 2023, and it's this popular. Guys, I don't know what the hell is going on with this game. I don't understand why it's so popular. I'm I'm here for it. I love these games, but I, I just did <laughs> not expect a game like this to be popular with so many people, and it's it's great to see. I, I know I know the answer. I know the answer. Okay, go ahead. Horny bear sex. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. I mean, that was the advertising for like three weeks before the game is you can have sex with a bear. <laughs> well, I I do. Th- it, it, weirdly, I don't understand, but I, it's just not a mechanic that's for me. But romancing characters seems to be really big in video games. Like, mm. And it's it's been on the rise since like, what, Dragon Age? And it's just been growing and growing and growing. Like uh, that was the first game I remember it being a really big thing anyway. And now we've got it here. That was like cyberpunk had that too. People latched onto it because of the romancing aspect. Plus it's this big world with lots of characters that feel alive, much like cyberpunk did. So it's, it's kind of those same footsteps, but a different sort of play style. It's, you know, a more tactical RPG, but. Yeah, I'm surprised because, you know, I mean, apparently bears can draw in more people than hot sex with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> it's, it's just crazy. Um, it's something wild. <laughs> right off the bat, we're getting into the horny. Can you imagine if Keanu was in this one? <laughs> as a bear. Wow. As a bear. Like, just combine there all the plotting support. You just, just I mean, you, ever, you guys ever see that movie called Freaked? He played no. Dog Boy. <laughs> really? Yes. Look into the, he was uncredited. Look into a movie called Freaked. It's, <laughs> it's like super oh. cheesy semi horror film, but he played Dog Boy uncredited. Wow. Well, All right, maybe sorry, he's in this game. Us. Uncredited. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we are going to talk about Ball's Gate 3. Um, none of us have beaten the game. I don't know how anybody could beat this game. It's huge. Um, I know most of us are on Act 1, so we're going to keep it limited to just Act 1, and and we're going to try and avoid the major spoilers. I really just want us to get together and talk about our impressions of the game and how the game is, because this game is so wonderful, and I can't wait to talk about it. Maybe in a few months, we after we've beaten it, we can come back and talk about it and do spoilers then. But for now, we're just going to keep it light. We'll just mention you know the basic information from the trailer you would see. You know, camp, We'll talk about companions and, and all that stuff, but we'll keep it light. I, I guess I, I want to start with... This is a ta- like a tactical role-playing game with tactical battles. It's based on 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons. Is that a system you guys are all familiar with? Who wants to talk about their background with the RPGs? Has anybody here played tabletop RPGs? I've tried. You've tried? Okay. I feel like I should probably maybe either go first or last because I have a large amount of tabletop RPG history. So how about you how about you go last? Wolf, you sure. want to start first? Yeah, I'll start. I played a decent chunk of D&D and by extension D20 uh back in the early 2000s. In fact, I still have my D20 modern book on the shelf somewhere. But I I DM'd a couple of campaigns that sort of fizzled out because people kept inviting friends and it kept getting too unwieldy and people would get bored. And it was just like, all right, this ain't panning out. And there was one campaign in particular, which is what the character my current playthrough is based on, um, that we would play weekly for ooh, probably five, six months. 
And that one was a hoot. That was a that was a really good time. And there were a couple of people playing that one that they sort of rubbed each other the wrong way a little bit in real life, but they were both good friends of another guy we were playing with. <laughs> but the two who rubbed each other the wrong way, one was the DM and one was a player. And so that would usually result in some uh, pretty good antics for a session. Awesome. Oh, wow. Chris, you said you tried tabletop RPGs. What did you, yeah. game did you try? Um, the the one that the was the longest was uh, we tried to do Vampire the Masquerade, like that whole that whole thing. Which I'm I'm hoping one day that uh, the uh, what was it Vampire the Masquerade? Uh, mm-hmm. I forgot what the Bloodlines. Oh, I the believe video Bloodlines. Game. Yeah, Bloodlines. Yes. Yeah. If that ever comes out, that'd be great. I'd, I'd love that. But. Um, and we tried to. I, I, I created a character for D anD D, but then the DM just kind of disappeared. So I was like, okay, well, that's that's that. So yeah, it's D anD D. Like to play actual tabletop role playing games, it certainly got easier the last couple of years because you can do a lot of this online. And yep. I, I know during the pandemic, that's what a lot of folks are doing. They couldn't meet up in person, so the rise of D anD D online was was pretty big for the last couple of years. I mean, it, did, it also helps that we had groups like Critical Role out there who were just absolutely flooding us with a new audience of new people who are new to the hobby, which has been great. So this is good. Uh, Sinister, I think you've judging from yourself, not that I want to play bingo right <laughs> away, but uh, yeah, you, you might be up on the D and D. Yeah, I, um, I've played D and D since um, second edition or AD and D and then second edition. And yeah, I have a lot of experience with, with tabletop RPGs and I have a lot of experience. So if you, you know, qualify the list, Dungeons and Dragons, Shadowrun, GURPS. Oh, I'm sure that there are others. I'm, I'm like there are a whole bunch of others that I, I played a whole bunch of the the Palladium games and FASA and anyway, and it's kind of been cool seeing a transition. Something that we can talk about a little bit is you know Baldur's Gate one and two were you know D and D third edition I think no was it second. Third? Second, That's why okay. the first one was oh. ass, but we'll get there. Yeah, <laughs> and and seeing the the you know the evolution of Dungeons and Dragons, it's really cool seeing where Baldur's Gate three has taken it, and we'll obviously talk about mechanics and stuff like that. But um, but yeah, I uh, I have a lot of tabletop uh, experience. I have a lot of video game tabletop experience as well, like the Shadowrun games, obviously the you know Fallout. Uh, original fallout uh we mentioned baldur's gate icewind dale you know all of those and every single one of them i've enjoyed but i've always felt like it was a little bit lacking and that's probably something important to talk about as well and like when we mentioned that you know how popular baldur's gate 3 has been and i think it has to do with that rise in DD as as a hobby for a lot of people and the last couple years during that pandemic we had a lot of people playing and starting up groups and playing online but as things have kind of winded down and people are out again and can socialize in person again, I feel like maybe a lot of people have had their D&D groups disband at this point. I mean, I know for me personally, growing up with D&D, it was rare to have a campaign go past level 12 or so. I've only ever had one campaign go all the way to 20, and that was a that was a commitment. But as groups disband, I guess folks still want to play. And this is a pretty accurate interpretation of the rules. And it's something you can play by yourself, which I think is great. Yeah. So I guess it's interesting to me. So D- it is based on the D&D rules. And if you're not familiar with Dungeons and Dragons, that can be a bit much because these kind of games can be quite complicated. So Chris, I'd like to start with you. 
having not played Dungeons and Dragons, you're diving into Baldur's Gate three. How do you feel the mechanics of combat and how we, how was that difficult to pick up? Was it easy? Was it confusing? The whole idea of, you know, bonus actions, actions, reactions, is that confusing? Does that make sense to you? Because that that's a lot to take in for somebody who's new to the this type of game. Yeah, I I definitely it was definitely confusing at first. I was like I was a little frustrated, of course, when like I'm using like a mage character and I'm like, oh, I can only I can only have so many spell slots until I do a long rest and all that stuff. And then, you know, some of the terminology, I was like, I just need to get out of the source or a dictionary at a lot of times because I'm like, I you know, I I'm too much of a dumb dumb to realize what these words mean. But um, but, you know, I but it. It's it's not terrible. Like, I mean, and I'm I'm actually now I'm thinking about it. There's really no tutorial either. It just kind of drops you in, and then you just kind of have to. It has a little pop ups, and that's yeah. That's probably something that like. Sorry, I'm gonna interject for just a moment. Yeah. When Wolf started playing it, he was streaming it on here on the Presby YouTube channel, and um, he ran into that whole action bonus action move. You know. Um, and so basically I was in his chat and I was like, okay, you get an action, you get a bonus action, you get a move. Like that's your quantity. And, um, uh, and then you, of course you can do like, Hey, dash is an action that gives you an extra move. Right. And stuff like that. But yeah, it doesn't, the tutorial, if you don't have that background in, in dungeons and dragons, the pop-ups do not really lay out, especially what reactions are, right? Like, I don't think mm-hmm. I've seen a pop-up about reactions specifically. I mean, I've seen reaction events. I've seen yeah. reaction <laughs> events, but I've never, like, yeah. So, I, yeah, that's something I, I'm, if there was, if I were pressed to pick, you know, a list of 10 things that I'd like to see them do better, I'd like to see them do the explanation a little bit better. But Um, I mean, all things considered, I just thought, I I mean, again, I haven't really played this like D&D like like this, but I mean, I have played turn based games like 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 Fallout, Fallout 2, stuff like that. And so I'm I'm familiar enough with like, you know, you have a particular set of actions that you can do and and all that stuff. So I didn't think it was completely like I I, like I I didn't like I got it. it. It just took a little bit of time. Um. So, you know, I don't, I don't think, but I, I can see that being a, you know, a, a frustration point for, for people if they're, if they're just curious about the game, but they don't, but they don't have never played this type of game. Yeah. Like if you're expecting doom, it's not that. Yeah. It's not that. <laughs> oh, that's what I was expecting. I'm, I'm done. A few folks online were uh, mentioning, you know, that they interested in the game, but they realized it's a, it's a tactical combat role-playing game. And they were like, that seems weird. I'm like, it's yeah. it's a certainly a certain genre, and it's it's a genre that goes back to you know early 2000s, late 90s, and they definitely go full in on it. We've had other games like that um, not too long ago. Like the last couple of years, kind of been a renaissance of this kind of genre of games. We had especially with Kickstarter. Kickstarter is what brought us you know Wasteland Three, I want to say, mm-hmm. Will of Eternity, mm-hmm. and uh, the successor to Torment. Uh, so there's been a there's been a few of these games, but I felt those games kind of took steps to streamline their rule sets and their and their mechanics whereas this game is we're taking tabletop rules it's fifth edition and we're running with it and it can be quite confusing when you mentioned sinistar the reaction thing there was a tooltip, but what they don't explain for example and there's a few of these things is that for those who don't know in when you have your character has moves 
when it's not his turn, if there's certain triggers occur, he can get a reaction move, usually an opportunity attack, but sometimes there's spells right. and other effects. You can actually turn those off. If you go into the options, you can turn off which reactions you don't want to pop. Like my character, I have a bard. I can't remember what other class she has. But one of her reactions lets her, if she hits, it's a critical. But you can only use that reaction once per long rest. So I usually don't like to use it unless it's going to be like a boss encounter. And I didn't notice for dozens and dozens of hours that if you go into the option, you can tick it off so it doesn't trigger every single time. Because what was happening is every time she hit with a weapon, it's like, do you want to use this? No. Do you want? No. It was every single attack and it's frustrating. (laughs) But I realize you can turn it off. But it's it's similar with like with a lot of things. Things like, you know, if you have a cleric or a sorcerer and you have spells prepared, you can change your prepared spells whenever you want. You just have to go into your spell book with K and then go through the menus and stuff. But they don't really break it down oh. for you. There's not much hand holding in this game. And that's I wish there was a bit more of of the tutorial side of this game. You can change it, but it doesn't take effect until your next rest. The spell for clerics, changes. you can change your spells between combats, no problem. Oh, right, you're right. Sorry, yes, you're right. Yeah. Hmm. But I think so I, I think sorcerer might be different. Yeah, I think depends on the class then. So that's yeah, a change so. from like second edition to like these later editions. In second edition, you actually prepared a quantity of each number of spells, so you had a number of like spell slots. But you're like, I'm going to prepare two sleep spells, and I'm going to comp- prepare three magic missile spells, and that was it. That was all you got. So it wasn't yeah. like, hey, I have a quantity of level one spells that I can cast and a quantity of level two and level three, and I can pick and choose. And in fact, I can even like pull a level one spell up to level two and it may get, you know, additional damage or it won't, but I need to use it, you know, sort of thing. That's something that came along later in, D- in the D&D games, and it's it's so much better to have that. Yeah, fifth edition made things a lot easier for casters for sure because they have the cantrips, right? Cantrips mm-hmm. are spells that you can always cast, you can always use. Are they strong? Not really, but at least you have something. Uh, back in second edition D anD D, I think I think that was the edition where you had to use a crossbow with your wizard, otherwise you were just doing nothing half the time, right? <laughs> you got so. Uh, I'm out of spells, guys. I'll be over here. Yeah, <laughs> somebody get me a gun. Like <laughs> that's yeah. that's what you got. So so it's definitely can you at least definitely kick his shins a, a or something. System. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're a dwarf, maybe I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. um, I guess so. Before you get into the game itself, uh, this game has also been known for its its character creator and how people spent quite a bit a lot of time building their their ideal character. Uh, <laughs> what do you guys think about this character creator? Yeah. I, I love it. it. What about it did you like? Was it just the, did you like uh, the uh, options and character classes? Uh, just the, the customization of blossoms? Was it the penis slider? What was it? <laughs> we know we're going to get there at some point. Yeah, I'm bringing, up, I I'm bringing up the penis slider. <laughs> Go I for it. don't think I played with the slider. I did, <laughs> unless you're referring to like the different shapes that you can choose from. Yeah, you get the different yeah. options. Okay, yeah, yeah that, that is a slider. Yeah, I... I clicked through that like once and I was like, all right, I guess I'll stick with the basic. And then after you talked to me, when I told you guys I was going to stream it on the YouTube channel, you were like, make sure you turn off nudity. So I went and started the character creator over just to make sure like all the nudity was off and that wasn't Mm going to be a thing because I don't want to get in trouble with YouTube. But uh, (laughs) yeah, I, (laughs) I, 
I like that it tells you what's going on with each race, what's yeah. going on with each class, and you you really get a solid character creation akin to what you'd get playing tabletop D&D. Now, obviously that, you know, the the options aren't super broad like you can't change how burly or whatever your character might be, you know, that's just each character has sort of a model and a body type and a handful of body types. Most yeah. races I think have t- two body types per gender and then a few races only have one each. And then I, I I did think it was cool that you can choose to be referred to as he, she, or they, or non-binary. Yes. That was, mm-hmm. yeah, that was kind of cool. And it's yeah, not tied I'm, to I'm, voice either. You can pick whatever yeah. voice you want yeah. and whatever, whatever pronouns you want, which is nice to see. Yep. Yeah. The, the only thing I'm not a fan, like I wish there was a little, and I know it's, it's silly because there's a lot of voice acting in the game. I wish there were more, a few more voice options that would let you sound a little, uh, uh, less stereotypical RPG character. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I, I, I'll say I wish there wasn't voices. To be honest, really, because I that I wouldn't have minded that either. The only reason why is because it was just more frustrating. Because like, okay, I'm taking the time in the character a character creator to pick a voice. The voice does not get used during conversations. Right. You just look like right. a dope going through your like. Bleh. Uh, like you know like doing all that stuff and you're like but why did i yeah, why I mean, did i take all this time to pick a voice if i'm only going to hear it while i'm walking through the world right every once in a while so. yeah and like that's that's one of my issues is like you know my character that i created is supposed to be a little bit of a madman and then as he's walking around he's just so calmly talking about like <laughs> he mentions praying at one point and i was like that doesn't fit this guy at all <laughs> like <laughs> uh. So I was that's that's my disappointment with the yeah. the voice selection. I wish either the voice was limited to like grunts and mm. whatever. Mm. There was a broader selection of voice types that were, you know, varied in, you know, how you know, like across the different styles of chaotic good, you know, sure. lawful neutral things like that. Had they done something like that with the voice selection, I'd be on board. And then or or just limit it to where there's really no voice. Like Yeah. Those Silent would have been protagonist. Three better options. Yeah. yeah. Chrono Trigger yeah. style. Yeah. yeah. So you I, made I, like, a custom character then? What's that? You made a custom character then? Yeah, I didn't choose one of the base characters. I I made okay. a wild little rock gnome that loves hurling acid at things. Awesome. <laughs> Chris, what about you? What what character did you roll, and what did you think about the uh, the creation experience? Um, it was definitely overwhelming. Uh, the one other thing I, I realized was uh, there's, I guess, a little pet peeve is when you're going through the character creation. You like, I think if you switch either like gender, I forget if it was like switching ch- genders or um, character type, something like that, like like, like race. It would like completely wipe uh, mm. certain certain things, and I was like, yeah. "Oh no!" Like I went through that a couple of times, and that was a little little frustrating. But but yeah, it, I mean, it was an unbelievable amount of customization, and then um, and of course, then you could pick those like, like I forget, they call them origin characters or something like that. Like, yes, yeah, yeah. 
so it was you know it was nice that that you could have that choice too to just play through like that if you want to like just quickly get into the game or whatnot but but yeah i i mean i i thought it was great uh i, I thought it could like i said it could be a little overwhelming but it was uh it, but it was fine for what it was yeah the um the origin characters is kind of a throwback to one of the the game dev developer larian studios their last game divinity original sin 2 and i think the first one as well great games and you can definitely see the building blocks that led to Baldur's gate 3 but in those games as well, you can make a custom character, but there's also had, you know, five or six pre-built characters. And what was neat about those is you could still customize them if you wanted to, but they had a little bit of an element of additional story built on top of them. So if you wanted to follow a different angle of the playthrough, or if you didn't want to, you know, mess with all the abilities and, and customization, you could just go with that canned character and still have a good time and have something unique in that path as well. Baldur's Gate 3 has that as well. Each of the origin characters has unique quests that you can experience from their point of view if you take them, but you don't really have to. There's also one path called Dark Urge, which is meant for evil playthroughs, because when you have these kind of games, everybody usually plays these type of games at least twice. Once usually as your average good character, and then you usually go with the homicidal hobo or maniac type approach. It's <laughs> like I remember hobo. doing that in Murder Hobo. Shock, was it Hobo and a Shotgun? Yeah. <laughs> like that. Like that's what I did. I played the Renegade in Mass Effect 2 or Mass Effect, you know, series. It's the same here. So I'm looking forward to playing that playthrough later on. But uh, I think most people are doing custom characters. Uh, what about you, Sinistar? What do you think? So first off, I want to, uh, so Sinistress, uh, Chris, my wife, hangs out with us a lot. Her uh, Sinistress, she, um, she said, uh, we need to not call it a penis slider. It's a donger longer. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, we yeah. stand correct. Um, no, I thought, I actually thought that the character creation was great. I, I'd, I'd actually worried a little bit because, you know, going into a D and D campaign, you know, you spend the first session building your characters, right? So we're talking hours and hours and hours. So I was like, oh dear, am I going to be like spending two <laughs> hours building a character? Cause honestly, for me, I don't know, as a, as an adult with my, with my compressed amount of time in my life looking at a game where it's like, Hey, I can spend two hours designing my characters. I'm like, can we give me a preset? Right. Like, and just move on. And so it was great because yeah. it was, yes, I, Chris, I can see where it's absolutely confusing, but coming into it from having a D and D and D background, I was like, Oh, that's it. That's it. That's it. I know exactly what those things are. Um, and I just, I mean, I think I made it through my character creation and, I don't know, 10 minutes probably, but oh, I do want to, geez. I do want to talk to you running this game now or what? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I'm speed running the character creator. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's I, a, I will, yeah. I will say that I do appreciate the fact that the character creator is not as in depth as a lot of games get where, you know, like sure. nose shape and ear yeah. shape and pull the cheeks know, up overbite, underbite. <laughs> yeah. How high are the cheeks? Yeah. How long are the forearms? How mm -hmm. long are the. <laughs> but I like that. Like, are you kidding me? Have you seen Street Fighter like, 6's character you know, creator? I can make a guy with lost. like a key size head and a mohawk and huge forearms, and I love it in that game. I want, I want that. <laughs> But does but it I have mean, the donger longer? No, they don't you, have the donger longer. <laughs> yeah. Consider the first time you spent a long time making a character for Fallout or Elder Scrolls. You take forever doing that nonsense. 
it, yeah. especially if you want them to look a certain specific way and you're not just like, yeah, Khajiit or reptile, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just don't want to <laughs> be human. And then you're like, I'll go with this one. I want them this color. We're good. But <laughs> for a lot of characters, if you want them to look something specific, you're like, right. all right, I'm getting into the minutia of this. And it takes stupidly long to make your character this removes all that you can choose from a, a preset of a set a set amount of tattoos mm-hmm. makeup scarring things like that but you can't really adjust height weight build all that stuff you're not getting into the minutiae of what the character looks like you get like yeah. a handful of presets for the facial structure that's it and right. it made character creation go a lot faster and i appreciated that but now I'm going to make I'm going to paint a target on myself and I'm going to basically say, why are we, and I know the answer because it's Dungeons and Dragons, but why are we, why are we giving into the 12 year old Dungeons and Dragons players and having penis size and having like, what is the deal with video games? I'm, I'm not a prude. I don't have a problem with this, but what's <laughs> like, are you literally like, well, I'm going to run around with a 12 incher. Let's go. Like, well, okay. Having only messed with that on the gnome, I would like to say it didn't really adjust penis size so no. much as it adjusted how hairy it was <laughs> and whether yeah and 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 whether he had been uh, adjusted at birth, <laughs> as it were. Look, so I'm not here to have... talk about the traditions of the gnomish people. That's that's up to them. I don't I don't have any judgment. Yeah, I guess tonight. the gnomes have a bris ceremony now. I mean, or is that what we're talking here? But yes, you know, yeah. Um, no, I, okay. I I mean I I kind of feel like yay, <laughs> like cool. <laughs> we're I get it. Like you're 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 12 years old. You have your Mountain Dew, and it's the it's the you know it's the old trope of like, are there any girls there? I do them. Like you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. Right? It's exactly like the meme. Yeah. <laughs> like so, that's the hobby, right? As a teenager playing this game, that's totally the hobby. So when people were, I mean, when this game was coming out, the the press tour, they made a joke about you know the, the romance options, and I mean, there's a druid who can turn to a bear, and then mm-hmm. there's a scene built for that if you care to. People are making fun of the game. The game is also notoriously I, thirsty characters. But when I look at that, that that to me is what D&D was for many people in the 90s. That's that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, it's optional. You don't have to do that if you don't want to. <laughs> right. So I, I do find it interesting that bear sex is a thing, but like gnomes, dwarves and halflings can't kiss the taller characters. Yeah, okay. that's that's uh, the that's animation. Yeah, doesn't change. So they um, like they go in for the kiss at various um, heights. No, and there's <laughs> there's a kiss happening. It just involves the donger longer. <laughs> Motorboating. Motorboating is an option in this game, and that's great to be so inclusive of people who are into that. I saw a video yeah, of a gnome yeah. trying to kiss one of the taller characters, and after they, you know pretend to kiss the air she backs up and goes yay it's like ouch uh, the, the one it's, thing i do i do want to i thought it would have been hilarious is you take all that time to do your character customization and then they throw like a 
a big helmet on your character so you can't see it anyway. Like that would have been that would have been amazing if they did that. <laughs> well, it's funny as Vaughn actually in in our chat brought that up. He says on the plus side you can also hide your helmet in the game. So yeah, that's true. Uh, but I think <laughs> I think that would have been great too. Is like yep, just helmet. Okay, move on. <laughs> We're going, we're, we're judge dreading this bitch. Let's go. Right. right. <laughs> so for me and my character design, like I really liked the character creator. I liked like all the classes. I'm much like Sinistar. I, I play D&D, so I'm used to all the options. And I was worried that there wouldn't be enough options in a mm. game like this because you have classes and you have options for subclasses later on. Mm -hmm. It's a lot, but I appreciate that it's there. Um, And uh, what was I going to say? It, it's just, yes, it's deep. Oh, the hairstyles. So. I wish there was a bit more customization options available, particularly hair colors. There's mm. very few colors in the game. I know it's stupid and it's minor. And like most of the game, you're above angle view and you can barely see your character. But still, I wanted black hair on my character. So I actually installed two mods. I made this. I made the sacrificial blasphemy of a, of a first playthrough of a game. I installed mods. And the first mod I installed gave you extra hair colors. <laughs> it was something they had in early access. I'm learning something I wanted about black Jake hair. tonight. That's I'm learning something yeah, about I like the black hair. What, what can I say? I have no hair in real life because of kids. But in game, my fantasy is to have long flowing locks. So I got that. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. And like when it came to the character creator, like I there's a lot of like I used to be the DM in my group. So I used to be constantly running the campaigns. I didn't have much opportunity to make characters, but I always had ideas for characters I want to try out and just, you know, build ideas. I'm a nerd like that. And this game let let you do that. It lets you do those those crazy ideas. If I wanted to make you know a cleric who has a crossbow and has some monk mi mixed in, I was able to do that when I was messing it around. And then so I, I actually made several different characters, and I finally settled on a bard, and I I love it. I like the options, but it is a lot. Yeah. Uh, I think what I'm mostly looking forward to though is there is mod support for this game, and there is quite a number of of other material in the D and D source books that is not in this game because there's already a lot. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to the mods that add new backgrounds and and classes yeah. and that kind of thing. So that's yeah. I'm pretty excited for that because this, I mean, the game is great for the story, but I love the combat enough that I would play through it multiple times with different characters because the characters can feel quite a bit different. So I'm, I was pretty happy with it. Um, so I think yeah, character creator is great. Where to yeah. go with this game? I don't I don't want to spoil anything, but well, I want to talk how do you guys about find this. I want to Go talk ahead. about the mechanics because, um, and I think, I think we should also circle around to like our, our, our grievances and maybe the grievances will come up with the, with the, uh, the, the mechanics. But, um, one of the things that I appreciate about this game and I talked a little bit about it at the beginning is it, it, you know, this, the fifth edition in this game, it has really brought Dungeons and Dragons or a tabletop into a video game where it feels like a video game where I'm getting that story. I'm getting that, you know, that narrative. I'm getting the, you know, it's not on rails. It's great. In fact, we could talk about how not on rails it is, but I love when I go into combat, it feels like tabletop home to me in a combat like I, you know, I talked about it where like I get an action, I get a move, I get a bonus action. And like, I picked it up like right off the bat and I'm like, oh, this is sweet. I've got it. Like, and I, um, now one grievance I had, we, which I came up last night is if a character gets knocked prone, it automatically ends their turn. And mm -hmm. I went, 
I had already finished my turn and I thought that I was on that character still because they, you know, got knocked prone on their movement where I was finishing up. And I clicked end turn on the next character because I thought that I was, and I was in a huge fight. So I like lost an entire, yeah. Yeah. So um, that's a grievance for me is like, don't end my turn without me clicking end turn. Right. So, but otherwise, like I said, it feels, it feels like D and D it really does. Um, Now I'm not in a grid and I actually appreciate that as well. Cause you know, your movement yes. is length, right? Like you've got the ruler, you go out, you've got nine meters or whatever your, your, your race, you know, uh, distance is. And I don't have to necessarily like land in a grid spot. Like I can squeeze myself in between two other characters. Right. But, but yeah. Which is interesting too. Cause when I played D and D, I played D and D with a few different groups in, in the past. And most of the time you do that theater of the mind style where you're just narrating and talking about the gameplay and what you're doing in combat. But I, w- I have done groups where they actually break out the grid paper and the maps and they do it with miniatures mm-hmm. and stuff. And yeah, we do that. That's fun. But that this game doesn't do grid. Like you said, it's free form. And I think it works better that way. I do like that. I mean, as much as I like the grids, like I really love Shining Force and that hidden gem called Final Fantasy Tactics, which we've talked <laughs> before. I like that game a lot, too. But I think this game being so freeform feels really good. I like how when you're moving, you can see the path that you're going to take. Mm-hmm. I like how there's terrain as a factor, how you can jump is a huge thing. Whether you dash, if you're going through rough terrain, that affects how much you can move, and it feels really good. But there are some quirks with that UI, UI in combat. And things, again, they don't tell you, right? I mean, we know that stealth is a big part of D&D if you have certain classes, and everybody can, can go to stealth. But what they don't tell you is you don't have to click every character and click stealth. You can actually just go shift C and everybody goes stealth. Yeah. They don't tell you that. And that's a really handy shortcut in the game. And there's a few things like that. Like there's jump, there's shoving, there's dashing. There's hockeys for all of those actions, but they don't necessarily tell you up front. And that's the, de- the detriment of the game. Um, the one thing that I, I, I enjoy about this game was there's a hot bar with all the abilities and you can customize that as much as you want. And I certainly do. But what they don't give you a heads up on is there's bags, there's containers in the games, pouches and backpacks. Any of the ones you find in the game, you can pick up. You can actually put all your items that you want in there, consumables, your potions, your scrolls, and just put that bag on your hotbar. And then in combat, you click that and that gives you your options to pull from. So you don't have to have all your favorite items on your hotbar taking up valuable space. Just put a backpack. I really wish they told you that <laughs> right from the get go and they don't. So that's a bit of annoyance for me. Um, Wolf, what about you? you what, what, what mechanics in combat do you like or not like? Um, I actually, I kind of like the mechanics. It's just, I feel like you step into a fight and the first round really determines how that fight is going to play out in just about every fight. Like either it's going to suck or it's really going to go your way because that first round, either you get really fucked up or you really <laughs> fuck them up. And then it's all downhill for one of you from there, right? Um, you mentioned the sneak thing. Uh, I just looked it up because I've been curious. You guys have mentioned that on controller, it's not a thing you can do for the party. Apparently, if you hold down on the D-pad, it sneaks the whole party. Okay. They don't tell you that, right? Like, <laughs> so, nowhere do they tell you that. But, 
be good to know. Right. So there's there's a lot of I'm sure if you look in the controls, you'll see like this is how you do all yeah. these things, but you're going through a list of probably a hundred or more actions because that's D D. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh I I do really like the way the battles play out. I like that there's unconventional methods you can use like the devs actually thought out like yes these are unconventional mm-hmm. ways that you can make short work of this fight that's awesome i love yeah. that you know there's like in t- the last two fights i played there's one of them had a rock hanging from a rope up above the first two guys you can kill i didn't notice that until after the fight mm. so after the fight i was screwing around with it and went up to near that thing and shot at it and it fell on three of my people and knocked them <laughs> down and one of them died before I could figure out how to revive them out of combat. Mm. So, <laughs> yep. I reloaded that file, but that was interesting to learn. <laughs> and then, you know, another fight, you, if you play your cards right, you can line up the opposing team instead of your team on top of an explosive barrel and wipe yep. out two or three of them at once. It's great. So, the unconventional aspects, you know, bottlenecking the opponents, things mm-hmm. like that, stuff that usually played against you in other tactical RPGs I've played, like Final Fantasy Tactics. There are inevitably rooms where you're going to get bottlenecked because the NPCs will strategically play like this. And maybe they do in this in 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 Baldur's Gate 3, and I'm just not far enough to where the NPCs are quite that smart. I don't know. But mm, that's, it's interesting. There's smart. There's okay. Yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty interesting that that's a thing that happens, and you know, I I actually tricked the enemies in my last fight to where not only was I bottlenecking them in another room, they didn't know I had three more party members until they entered that room, nice. and I wiped the floor with the first guy. Surprise! Nice. <laughs> yeah. nice. There was a there's a combat early on where I managed to see what was in that room ahead of time because I had one character conveniently sneaking around and I saw, oh, look, I, that looks like a boss to me and I saw a bunch of mobs and then I saw that there was a little alcove, like a balcony, a ledge in the one core of the room and I thought, hmm, can I get there somehow? And I found a way to get there and I quietly got my whole team up there ready to snipe all the all the enemies <laughs> and combat started and there's a pit at the base of the ledge so I'm like, I'm golden. They can't get to me. I'm going to snipe them. You get advantage if you're high up. This is great. Yeah. And what happens? The first round of combat, the very first round, one of those little goblins runs over, leaps like Superman up onto the ledge, knocks one guy, shoves two more, or like they just start shoving my guys into the pit, which is an instant uh-huh. kill. Yeah. And I had like one guy left over. And that was uh-huh. my combat. And I'm like, wow. motherfucker. Like I had it all figured out. And they shove like nobody's business. And yeah. that's the point where I learned in this game is shove or be shoved. And yeah, you have yeah. to be a little bit more out of the box in terms of thinking in combat. That's absolutely or, helpful. Or if you have a particular uh, path of a barbarian, <laughs> you can make improvised throwing weapons at a frenzy. And and some of those can be enemy thrown at enemy. Yeah. yeah. And um, <laughs> not fun. to give away, like, it's not a spoiler, but there was an enemy on a bridge. And I kept throwing her compatriots at her damaging her and then they would fall into the nether and die <laughs> I, I like i expected this battle to be huge and it, uh, i think what was it like 10 minutes jake and i was like oh well i beat her yeah because <laughs> yeah. i was just like here have your buddy here have your buddy like, well, 
Here's a question. If you can do improvised, can you just throw people off of cliffs or into holes? Yes. Uh, you yeah. totally can. Although yeah. you have to have, if you have the strength, strength, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I guess yeah, you could is... use like a potion or a, or a, a scroll to get yourself stronger too, right? Yeah, yeah you can. Or, yeah. Uh -huh. But now just, I mean, it doesn't work 100% of the time. Sometimes when you aim at an area, it'll say that the path is blocked. It'll say, mm. yeah. but uh, what I have found is you just get them close enough and then you just use a little shove. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. There was one boss that was quite difficult for me and I, I tried it three, four times. I was getting frustrated so I decided to cheese the encounter a little bit, and I had one character go invisible. I had a scroll, turn invisible, snuck around them, and then shoved them into the hole. And I didn't think it'd work, but it totally does. The boss went in the hole. Combat's over. Now, the problem, though, is <laughs> if they die in the hole, you don't get any of the loot that's on right. it. And a lot yeah. of the time, bosses have really good loot. But if there's Most something the you're stuck on and you don't care about that fancy whatever it is, sometimes <laughs> it's an option. If, if you're... If you're Consider if you're consistently losing that battle and you know you're just not going to beat it, just go push them in. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Chris, what yeah. about you? What did you find about the combat? How was how did it treat you? Man, I, I, I mean, just, just like you guys, I was just so like impressed with just the options that you have in, 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 in any encounter. Like you could fight, I mean, you could fight everyone, right? Or you could try yep. to talk your way out of things too, which is what I'm. I like my this particular playthrough. I'm doing my best to just talk my way out of everything. Um, I mean, of course, there's there's going to be occasions where that's not possible, but but at the same time, um, you know, if you set yourself up in in like position yourself in a proper way, you can like you know take people out as quickly as possible too. Which is like I'm I'm trying to either like have the conversation or take them out as quickly as possible. That's, yeah. that's my goal here. But yeah. Um, but yeah. And, and then like seeing the different play styles in terms of like, even the characters within your party, like my character is weak as hell. So I, when I do a shove <laughs> and it never works, it, it like, it's so bad, but then I have a barbarian and you know, they, they when they push them, it is like, Mm -hmm. you know, well Light. across the screen and it's it's amazing like i love it so so yeah like it's just it's just so interesting like how every encounter you can be can go in so many different ways and it's crazy it's crazy that how how much that they've thought about this like again like positioning and uh, you know yeah. like elevation how all that stuff really matters when you're when you're going into combat so yeah yeah yeah. And to come back to you trying to, you know, in the, in the world of tabletop, the term is, are you rolling or are you rolling? Like, is it R-O-L-E or is it R-O-L-L, -L, right? Like, right. are you, are you talking your way through, <laughs> which is the R-O-L-E or are you yeah. fighting, which is rolling dice, right? And, um, one of the things I've liked about fifth edition is, um, like the guides really talk about reward your players for success in everything, right? Not just battle. Like it used to be like, okay, well I can quantify that an owl bear is worth 10 XP or whatever. Right. And I've noticed that sometimes when I'm in a dialogue up in the corner, it'll be like 35 XP, like as I click things. Right. And mm -hmm. so the game is rewarding you both ways. Oh, right. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. 
That's and cool. I've done a lot of like you, Chris, I've done a lot of dialogue to get through a lot of encounters that I would have had like watching. I've been watching all the uh, like Wolf and Sinistar and also Chart, one of our other hosts playing through the areas that I did and they've all done it differently. And mm -hmm. when I did it mm -hmm. non-combative, yeah. I still have tons of experience to show for it. Like I, I've, there's no shortage of experience in this game. So it's not something you feel like you're missing out if you take the non-combat route, not at all. And I love that. I haven't felt like this since Arcanum, which is another old PC yeah. game where you could do the non-combat role for the entire game if you want to. That game, you could actually talk the end boss into giving up without throwing a single hit. Wow. It's amazing. Really? So I wonder if I this game has that. that. I, yeah, it's wild. So I love, I love there's other options to it. There's one area where there's one boss where for me personally, there was a, he was, I was spoken to him. I walked in the room. I'm like, yep, tadpoles. Yep. Hail tadpole. I'm with you guys. I talked to him, did a little ceremony. I had dialogue. I then murdered him, but I had a dialogue first. Sinister, I watched you play that same area last <laughs> night or the other night. And you were just killing everybody. And the well, game didn't care. It had it had that in mind. And I thought that was hilarious. Like the options I, are cool. I wanted to bring that up because you were we were, you know, I was I think it might have been when I was streaming it here on the channel. So you might be able to go back and see it, but I'm not giving a spoiler away. I'm gonna name the creature. Uh there was an illithid or a mind flayer that was like pinned under a thing. And yeah. you know, I look at it and I'm like it's a mind flayer murder. Like I don't even <laughs> talk to, I just like, I, I select, I select the attack button and I just, and it just murdered. So I never had that dialogue at all. And Jake in the chat was like, didn't even talk to it. Huh? I'm like, you, you don't, you don't talk to mind flayers. You don't fucking talk to mind flayers. Come on. Anyway. Yeah. I love, I love it. I love how things are playing out. I think I tried to have a conversation with that thing, and when it didn't pan out, it didn't. I didn't roll through. I didn't roll high enough numbers through it, and ended up just having to whack it. Um, yeah, I actually had. Oh, sorry. I, I I actually had someone that told me during that conversation that they allowed it to take their brain, and then the game ends. Oh, I had an event <laughs> with one of the NPCs that you get in the game. Where, because Jake, Jake was mentioning last night, he's like, I would never do that kind of thing when I was like clicking up. And I'm like, oh, I'm the guy that if the game gives me an option, I'm going to probably explore it. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a thing that there's a dialogue where it's like, okay, X happens. Do you still let it happen? Sure. Why not? X continues to happen. Do you let it happen? Yeah. Why not? And then it's like, and you're dead. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the like, rest there's... of the party wakes up and my main character's dead and i can't even use a revivify sp scroll dead dead so i was like okay fine i'll reload <laughs> yeah there is one con there's one character one of your companions that's that's tied to somebody in a certain way and it's late in the game i'm just minding my own business doing things exploring and i find i find this encounter and it gives you a dialogue option to either free a creature or destroy it and I'm like, well, this creature's kind of a pain in the ass to my companion, so let's just destroy it. And as I click destroy it, he's like, no, what are you doing? <laughs> and he's, he vaporizes before your eyes, and the rest of my party freaking out, asking what I did. What the hell did you do? What's happening here? And I felt so guilty. And it, he's permanently gone. <laughs> he's permanently gone if you make that decision. So, I mean, obviously, I reloaded because I didn't want that to happen. But I think like that encounter or like when I watched Chard play uh, earlier today, 
there's a very beginning of the game you get a few companions lazelle is is a kithanki that's the beginning of the game mm-hmm. you can you can recruit her you free her from a cage in the very beginning of the game you talk to her in chards playthrough she basically gave him an ultimatum it's these people or it's me and he's like well you're kind of rude so i'm just gonna kill <laughs> he killed her he killed one of the first companions you get in the game just dead and she's gone you do not get her again as far as i know so that's that's the freedom this game gives you. It does not hold your yeah. hand. If you want to kill a companion, you can do that. There's more, and it just that just feels wild to me. So, so I'm but it can say, be to your detriment, though. I'm going to say not a spoiler, but if you're if you're playing and you see a creature that's um, being taught how to fly, we'll 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 describe it that way. You have a couple options: save the game and try the. <laughs> not so good option because it's hilarious and then reload <laughs> yeah and and actually that brings us to a good point so i mean the internet being the internet you guys can't have something fun without there being a discourse about something or gatekeeping about it gatekeeping. and yeah. one of the things that's been coming around in balls gate 3 is is the idea of save scumming which you know do you save scum or not which is before you have a major dialogue or, or combat do you save and if it doesn't go your way do you roll back your save to, to make it the way you want what do you guys think about save scumming? I embrace it. Yeah. I, play if, if yeah. Play so the we'll, game how you want to play because if it's right. If it's they not give you fun, all these options. The yeah. They give you all these options the way to play it. Like, why is this not another option? Yeah. yeah. Let's stop. If someone's Let's, giving you shit for how you play a game, reevaluate your yeah. relationship with that person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's because it's let's, a game. Yeah. Let's stop gatekeeping fun. I mean, that's really yeah. what it is. Yeah. Did did you save scum your way through and did you still enjoy it? Then guess what? It worked out. And it's how you it's it's how you should have played. Are you one of those hardcore players that puts it on permadeath and saves once every two hours and never reloads unless they quit the game to go, you know, sleep? Cool. Have fun. Yeah. That's not me. <laughs> I could see yeah. that could be fun. I could see the idea of, of accepting all conversation roles as they are, as they roll. I could see that being fun. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when I'm exploring a dungeon and there's a locked chest, I don't have a rogue in my party. I'm a bard, so I can unlock most things. But you know I'm going to want to see what that loot is. I, I'll reload if I don't get my way. I'll try and use the inspiration roles and the extra roles. I'll waste resources on it. But if I just get constant failures, I'm just going to reload and start it again. Because I want to know what's in all the chests. If I'm exploring... I got to know what's in there. So that's that's my thing with this. I mean, I might try again a playthrough in the future, or maybe I won't do that. Maybe I won't save scum just to see what it's like and see how far I go. Because the game definitely accounts for your failures. There's a good example of one. There is one area toward the end of Act 1, and there's a puzzle. And I'll tell you guys, I've never been so fucking pleased with myself. I figured the puzzle out. I got what I needed from it. I got that item is fantastic. And I knew it was going to be used for something to unlock something important later on. And sure enough, I found a secret hidden thing where I needed this, this thing to unlock it. I look at my backpack. I didn't have it somewhere. I dropped it in the dungeon. And by that point, it was too late to go back. I didn't want to roll back saves, but I'm sitting there staring at this shiny, shiny (laughs) object to this, this weapon. And I don't have the means to unlock it but it gives me a dialogue option to just Indiana Jones, take it and deal Mm -hmm. the consequences. And I took it and guys, the consequences were hilarious. It was dangerous. 
I almost caused a lot of damage, but I managed to pull through. And, and that whole sequence was amazing. And I, I can't believe they they built the game around <laughs> that scenario. Like the idea of going off the rails of what you think was expected path and still having something designed by them to, to account for is so yeah. freaking awesome. It's it's so well designed. Yeah, that oh. stuff like that is super cool. Like because you you get that experience when you're playing with a, a at least a, a good game master, right? Like. Exactly. You don't make a lot of times the player don't make the players don't make the decision the GM might have wanted them or expected sure. them to, but mm-hmm. a good GM will on the fly change things up and roll with it yeah. and just find interesting ways to affect that decision. And it seems like the game considered that in a lot of ways. It's wild yeah. to me so yeah. many moments in such a long game to have so many options of how to handle something right. it just well to me it feels like cuz we've talked about open world and our open world when a, when a franchise converts to an open world franchise oftentimes it's it's in the name of content but then you have fetch quest after fetch quest after fetch quest or you know escort quest or you know all of the quests that we all look at and we're like okay i'll do this just to get to the next thing right and rats and sewer again okay yeah (laughs) and this game honestly the open world aspect has never felt like i'm picking the 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 okay i'll just do it quest right like everything like i had an experience last night where I'd gone into an area I thought I was fine to go into. There's a locked gate I can't get past. And I found a window I could get through if I jumped. And hello, beholder, party wipe. Yep. Move on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was uh, taking on uh, beholder at level three. Not, not fantastic. So... But hilarious, <laughs> and I enjoyed it until yeah. I reloaded. It was great. <laughs> I love and like it's not a barrier. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was What's funny, that? and it's not a barrier though. Like you, you no. can come back later. You can go a different yeah. direction. I mean, you could try and and cheese your way through with scrolls and stuff. It gives you so many options to get those encounters. But it's so wild when that kind of emergent gameplay happens. It's it's really quite amazing. Yep. But yeah, it looked like a puzzle I needed to solve. But then it gave me an alternative yep. way to get to where I thought I needed to go now where I needed to go was not there, <laughs> but no. you know, come back later, but yeah, it was cool. I do want to mention that there are a number of quests, um, that are sort of time limited. Mm. So, yeah. you know, if you long rest too many times, you can miss out on certain mm. quests depending sure. on, of course, that depends on the act you're in. I think there's more in Act 1 than there are in Act 2 and more in Act 2 than there are in Act 3. I, I'm not certain on that, but people are trying to compile a list of quests that are those, you know, time-limited based on, you know, their, yeah. I've heard, I guess, horror stories of people, like, thinking, oh, I'll handle that quest after a long rest, and then they do the long rest, and then they go to handle the quest, and the whole village has been raised. And it's like, well, crap. Games... <laughs> Games have taught us that like open world games have taught us that where it's like, Oh, I'll leave the main quest for 17 years and come back. And conveniently the main quest never moved on. Right. Yeah. And I was the worst for that. 
Yeah. Oh, or, <laughs> your baby's been kidnapped. Or, I'll, I'll get to it. <laughs> I'll yeah. get to it. It's okay. <laughs> or, 300 hours later. Okay, let's go do the main quest and save my baby. Like, really? Or Oblivion, where like all of these gates are opening up and it's like, well, they just stop opening up because I'm off doing this other thing. Oh, well, now they're opening up again because I like it's like the bad guys are like, um, he'll get back to us. We'll do a, We'll do something else for a while. It's yeah. cool. It's cool. So I really actually appreciate that there is like time events in this game. I really do. Yeah. So. The game also, when we're, when we're talking about acts and like the points of no return, there are a few points in the game where it gives you a pop-up where it says the world may change if you go further. And it, it kind of gives that in a few spots where it's not necessarily necessarily true and a few spots where it's not necessarily clear that's not that, that you, sh- you can't go back. Like you can always go back to previous locations. The game doesn't stop you as far as I know. But having beaten Act 2 now, I can still go back to act one places as far as I know, but some stuff has changed. It doesn't mean I've lost anything. It doesn't mean that I can't beat the game thing. Things are just different and things are just accounted as being different later on. If you don't save this group, well, then things are going to be different because they're not around in this other act. And it's, but it's done in a fun way. It's still fun to, to play that way. Um, but there is one thing I, I'm going to give it a tip for act one. Cause I think this is important for act one at some point in act one, they kind of tell you, you need to go here. You can either go this way or you can go this way. And the idea you think, okay, well, then you have to commit fully to that one path right to the end. You don't. You can kind of go both paths. But before you get toward the end, pick one. But it, but you really do need to explore. So there's one. When you get to that point, I want you to make sure that you do both paths. Because mm-hmm. you have to. Because there's one path. If I didn't go back and, and do that one area, there's a major encounter and a major lore dump about something that you get really on the game. And if you didn't go that right path, you'd miss out on all that. I mean, would I have been happy not knowing that? Maybe I guess I wouldn't have known. So maybe it'd be fine. Or maybe the game would account for later on. But after I experienced that really epic moment, I'm like, why the heck do they not tell you, Hey, here's the point of return. It's down here. You can still explore both zones because every zone that you get to has its own quest. And there's so much going on. I just wish to be a little more clear on that point of no return. Um, act two had some of that but not nearly as bad in act two i at least felt i knew when the point of no return would be on certain things and it seemed a lot better so i, I wish a little bit clear on that part uh, i'm trying to be as vague as possible but for those who've beaten act sure. one i think you probably know what i'm talking about um in terms of of grievances i guess we should maybe talk a little bit about the grievances as we're almost we're over the hour wow time flies when you're talking about good games for once right? <laughs> <laughs> but um controls I think I'm probably going to be not the only one here who probably has an issue with the controls. There's a game I love called Neverwinter Nights. I love the hell out of Neverwinter Nights. I was big in that game when that came out. But that game, very similar, over the head, over the camera view, tactical combat if you want it. But you had an option to drive your character with wayside keys to move around. I don't understand why that's not an option in this game. Why is the only option to move the clicking of the mouse? That seems so backwards to me. So that's or like the controller, which does, this game. What, which does what you want. The controller actually does right. what you want, right? You yeah. know, it's interesting. The interface of somebody, controller, though, is, is different, right? So Yeah. yeah. Someone which did make sort of, a mod to do that. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We may get... We may get I, saw, uh, I saw a, a whole article headline on it the other day. <laughs> I'll have to install that. Because, like, the, the mod... Like, I mean, I, I'm, I usually like three. to play game Cure when it first comes out, but... um. <laughs> 
There's a, like I said, I installed the mod that gave you the extra hair colors. The other mod I installed gives you a feat at um, second level. And the reason I installed that mod is because when I used to play tabletop, we always had a house rule that everybody got a feat at first level. This mod kind of replicates that for me because for me, it's the feats really were so important run. in terms of character builds. Yeah, it's really hard to run without feet anyway. So yeah, get them at second level. <laughs> Very <laughs> funny. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm coming like at some, you. Must mods are a nice option. <laughs> That's great. So what about you guys? Yeah. What do you think are like maybe some minor grievances with the game? What are some issues with the game you wish they did better? Um, I I I appreciate this, but I also find it a little bit of a pain in the in the butt. Um, so we talked about you know, the bottom bar, you can expand it out. You can have a number of columns, but it actually like, I, I expanded it. And then all of a sudden it was back down to two. And it turns out it's per character, which oh. I like, but I also don't like, because that means that it's minutia, right? Like I kind of like the customizability is cool, but I'd rather be able to just say four for everybody. Give me four rows for everybody. Right. Um, I'm with you on the WASDA controls, uh, or WASED. Um, I, I mean, Jake, you and I have both reversed the camera keys, the, the Q and E. Q and E, yeah. They yeah. feel backwards. And I hope, I don't think I'm the only yeah. one because Jake and yeah. I, yeah, like that's a little weird. Um, I do actually like how the controller works with the, with the bumper buttons. I actually like that quite a bit. Now, when you go to the trigger buttons, I hate it. Like the left trigger is to select the characters. Like, you know what? Give right. the left, give the left trigger. Give me a, a rot or a dial to do things like sneak or whatever. And let me oh, use jump. the D pad. Let me use the D pad to select my characters. Right. Like, um, but yeah, that would I, make sense yeah. given they already have the wheel implementation. Just keep mm -hmm. it going. Yeah. 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 But I mean, that like said, can, it's really controller accessible. It really is. It is. And you can customize the wheels quite a bit, but the interface to customizing them is, customizing them is a little bit clunky. My only issue with that is that I sometimes I'll play upstairs on my TV with a controller, and sometimes I'm down here in the basement on my computer playing with the mouse and keyboard. I like that I have that option, but when you make modifications to one interface, it does not affect the other. So if I spend, and I do spend, a good 15 minutes making my bars all fancy and shiny the way I want them to be for each character, and then the next time I'm playing upstairs, the wheel bars are totally different and I have to redo it again. I'm anal, I admit. I'm very picky on what I want. I want certain abilities here and here, and, and I like the customizability. Um, I don't like a messy hot bar, but that's just me. And I kind of wish there's more intelligent popping of abilities on bars. Because like you get quite a bit of abilities for some characters like i don't even have a sorcerer wizard on my group but i do have a cleric and the amount of spells that she has it it's a lot like even the warrior the fighter gets a lot of abilities if you mm -hmm. have a certain build yeah. mm -hmm. so it's, it's been much um I do, about you. Talk about... How, do you have any grievances Sorry. for this game oh go ahead. go ahead uh grievances yeah uh <clears throat> i mean we kind of talked about the 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 non-voice acting of the mm -hmm. your, your character but the other thing uh that i just found out or recently found out was the fact that if you're playing a campaign and then you have someone that jumps in creates a character joins your party they are part of your party forever yeah you cannot boot them out yep so like i've tried even killing them and all that stuff it doesn't work <laughs> like they're they're 
You're stuck. You, you were fine. Kind of you were fine when my buddy was here, but yeah. now it's time to murder you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Till death do you part, but you're still not parted. Yeah. yeah. So, so it was a little frustrating with that part. Um, that, but I, I, I mean, I guess I kind of understand. Like, if they're if they're joining your party, it is like as a as like a real person. It's a campaign, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a campaign and all that stuff. Although. Their name has taken over my save file, which is also <laughs> frustrating. I don't get why that happened, but it happened. Huh. <laughs> so, <Strange>. and and <laughs> very strange. And and then the other thing that, but it's not really the game, but like recently, they they I think they they messed up some of their their hot fixes and stuff like that. So mm, did, some of yeah. my saves got messed up. So oh, no. I played a couple hours, and then I think the I closed the game, reopened it, and then all my progress was gone like oh. like it was it was grayed out like i couldn't use it and i had to go back a couple hours to play so I, but it's not it's not the game itself it's obviously it's that it's the know, dick yeah, thief was... save it's the dick yeah. thief save it's like i'm here you can't use me but i'm here yeah that was i i imagine that's the hotfix for rollback that they did right yeah yeah, and they, they redeployed that I think yesterday evening. So if you did have a save, you can now access it. And they apologize for that one. That's that yeah. sucks. Like there's no way around that's it. it. That's just a, a crappy way of doing it. But I mean, that's that is what it is. Like at least they're patching the game and fixing some of the yeah. bugs. I mean, there has been some some bugs that have, have hit certain people. Like I had one last night where there's a certain door to a boss area and it wouldn't open, which I was really worried about because I didn't have a save, so I would have been screwed. But I hot I, I saved I quit the game restarted switch characters and it kind of ended it opened it up so I was able to futz my way through it but I was worried about that because like these kind of games I'm used to like Bethesda and and Skyrim and Oblivion type of bugs where you could actually have progress killing bugs so far I've not had that in Baldur's Gate three which is great there's other bugs like for example the whenever you long rest a couple of my companions even though when you're long rested and you're waking up they slide along the ground flat on the backs back to their waiting point. It looks huh. very stupid, right? I've had example of T posing on certain uh, loading of big areas, minor <laughs> stuff like that, but at least nothing that's been detrimental to gameplay. At least I clipped into a wall once and um, I was getting frustrated. I even pulled out my controller and tried, you know, walking out with the controller. Finally, I realized, oh, select another party member as your primary party member and then move. And it pulled them out of the wall. So. Mm. But I did, I did get clipped into a wall. Like it was, you know, my screen was like inner wall. It was, um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so if you ever clip into a wall and you get stuck, realize, go take control of your other characters and get yourself out. Um, I've also had some delays in combat where yes. like yeah. the, you know, the creature or whatever will move. And then like. Yeah. You just kind of wait. You're like, what's going on? <laughs> oh, okay. Now let's move on to the next thing. Like, you know, it's like, I actually thought I was soft locked at one point. Cause I think it was a good 10 second at one point. I'm so. glad to hear you had that because your rig is way better than mine. And I thought it was just a, a <laughs> issue with my potato of a computer. Cause I've had that yeah. as well too. Like some of the encounters are like, we're talking a dozen things on the screen, yeah. if not more at once. And those can be, performance chuggers i mean i understand why there's a lot going on a lot calculating especially when it's their turn and it has to kind of figure out what it's doing especially if you come at, come at things in a you know in a in a out of the box kind of situation there's one encounter where there's rafters up in up in the room 
So what do I do? I take my my warlock and I dimension door myself and another character up into the rafters. And when I did that, the pathing on the AI trying to figure out what to do with me up here and then the rest mm-hmm. of the group down here, it was it took a while for it to finish those turns. But I, I, I get it. I understand why. But it was interesting. <laughs> I will say the AI, the the logic that they've built into the enemies. Um, sometimes I'm like, that's a move I. I wouldn't have thought of, but that's genius. Like I look at some of those moves and I'm like, okay, that's good use of the environment. That's good use of positioning. That's good use of abilities. I mean, like it's their logic trees are, are, are solid as far as the combat goes Uh, to the point that like you lose a lot. (laughs) (laughs) The first time I found out a way to heal somebody is to just throw a potion bottle at their head and it heals them. Or you throw it in the <laughs> ground and it becomes an area area heal. I wish, I mean, you know what? I don't wish. I'm glad my players, when I used to do the tabletop, I'm glad they never came up with the idea of throwing a heal potion at somebody. Shards of glass be damned. They gave me four or five hit points. And that's, Just that's open like, your it's, mouth. It's good yeah, in this game. You know, yeah. It seems like doing that should be like whatever the roll is, like whatever the healing amount is, minus one or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or, or, the, glass. or the next, you're getting or the, the heal, next, but you're also getting some cuts. Yeah, or the next turn, they're like pulling shards of glass out of their cheeks or something. <laughs> like, um, no, uh, one more, one more grievance about, uh, in particular, the 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 combat interface, and I guess it's both a grievance, but it also makes sense. And I I talked to Jimmy about this when he was playing. Um, be very careful of what you're selecting. Because sometimes you'll think you've selected an enemy and I have just like your party members will whack your friends just like they're an enemy. So I had, (laughs) yeah, I had what I thought was an enemy because looking where the mouse position was, it was on the enemy. No, it had selected my buddy. (laughs) Just quunk. Oh, well, sweet. Great. Yeah. Um, And I would say you got to make sure you have a clean shot, like a, a clean shot at clicking on what you're trying to click on because hitboxes yeah. are much bigger than they appear. Yeah. yeah. Um, that brings up another point and something that I don't think the interface gives you a good grasp on. Uh, in D&D rules, there is um, half damage at certain ranges and disadvantage at certain ranges when you're using a ranged weapon. And the interface will happily shoot full range even if you have move. So yeah. always move toward your toward your uh, you know your target before you try to shoot because the interface doesn't. I mean, it may say that it has disadvantage, and maybe that's what you need to look at. Is if it has disadvantage, it also means likely damage is halved if it hits. Mm. So yeah. So for those who aren't familiar with D and D rules, when we say advantage, so in the game, every every combat roll is a roll of a twenty sided dice. Advantage means the game will roll two dice, takes the better of the two, and a disadvantage. Rolls two takes the worst of the two, so you really do want to avoid disadvantage. Disadvantage can really mess you up, but that's it's one of those things. It's like a it's a quirk of the system. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, there's there's different ways where it kind of goes your way. So I mean, we're running long. So I mean, before we wrap up, I would like to yeah. just hear around the table. Do you have any tips or ideas or things that you found really cool in the game that you think other players who are new to this game just has to know? We talked about throwing potions being a heal. That's one tip. Uh, what do we? What do you guys think of your hot tip for this game? Save often, yeah. Save <laughs> often, yeah. Uh, F five, F five is your friend. F5 quick save is your friend. Yeah. F five is to quick save. Yeah. Oh, that's um, a great. So tip. I'm going to say for mine. 
so for mine is um, you can dip your arrows to get extra damage. Mm-hmm. But and I knew that I know there's po- there's poisons in the game. You can dip your weapons in poison. You can also dip in the environmental stuff. Yes. Are you standing next to yeah. a pool of acid. Are you standing next to a candle? Do you have a candle in your backpack? Drop on the ground. You can dip your arrow in the candle to give you a fire damage for that attack. That Not I didn't realize arrow, until late in the like, game. I saw yeah, enemies sword dip their like swords in like yeah. burning oil. Yep. And then go <laughs> wail on my characters. I was like, oh, wow. That was yeah. unfortunate for me. <laughs> my tip would be just, just like you, I mean, to your point, um, pay attention to what the AI does because you can do it too. So if you see an enemy yes. throw a grease bottle, hey, look, I can throw grease bottles. If you see an enemy dip its sword in something, guess what? You can do that too. If you see an enemy run up and push you off a cliff, that I mean, just learn learn from the AI because, like I said, the AI is smart. It'll teach you through punishment. <laughs> like how how well designed this game is, where combat is fair that way. The game is fair. Everything they can do, you can do, and that's just a, a sign of like a good design, as far as I'm concerned. I will say, say one. Yeah, I will say one other thing. Um, learn to use turn based mode outside of combat too. Mm. Yeah, because that could be helpful. That's a good call out. I haven't used that yet. That's yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. See, I've, yeah. I've not played enough of the actual game yet to know mm-hmm. these things. So, like, these are tips for me. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. one hallway that's heavily trapped, and if you try and do it outside of turn-based mode, you're you're gonna die. You're straight up dead. Yeah. But if you're in turn-based yeah. mode, you have a chance because you can jump and you can, you know, disarm traps and whatnot. Um, Vaughn um, from chat is mentioning have somebody who can speak with animals. Absolutely yes, a good yes. tip. Like any That's good character good. RPG from the era, talking to animals is usually funny. Sometimes it's helpful. Sometimes it's just really great. And yeah. th- there's lots of ways to speak to animals in this game, even if you're not a druid or a ranger. There's potions everywhere for it. And I want to talk about karmic dice. Uh, karmic dice is totally a choice. I run <laughs> without it. Um, it's under gameplay settings. So they've. Karmic dice is on by default, and basically what it tries to do is it tries to average your rolls. So it reduces the number of failures, potentially, but it also reduces the chance of like critical successes, critical hits, etc. And really, the problem is, is when you start getting into challenge ratings of like, say, 15 plus, karmic dice for me, I find I live somewhere in the range of like 8 to 12 most of my rolls. And so if you're, if you're in an area that's now higher challenge ratings, so I run without it, but I'm also like, give me a D 20 as a D 20, right? Don't, don't mix it with the previous D 20s. You know, it's funny is you, you were, you suggested I turn that off and I, I kind of agreed with you with your sentiment, like, you know, just being middle of the road all the time is kind of unexciting. Yeah. However, my luck is not great, apparently, because I turned that off and I was rolling threes, fours, fives, failure after failure after failure. I was like, oh, my goodness. Well, and then it's like, oh, you only need a five. Nineteen. OK, cool. Thanks. <laughs> well, well, Jimmy, you haven't picked up the DLC that's metal dice because <laughs> plastic dice are weighted and they're not supposed to be, but they're weighted and they always roll. And so you need the metal dice DLC. Then you actually get true random rolls. <laughs> Is that Don't what they're trying to idea. sell me when I open up the launcher? <laughs> Probably. 
Yeah, I, I, yeah, I do want to say real quick about this game is that this studio, Larian Studios, they are a studio that had, I mean, they are, they started up in 1996. So they're, they're almost as old as Blizzard, to be honest with you. Like they, they've been around for a very long time. They had a very, a run of bad luck with publishers. And that's why a number of years ago, I think it was with Divinity Riddle Sin, they went fully independent on their own and they went to Kickstarter to fund their development. And their early access for Divin the Divinity games was fantastic to watch every step of the journey. They're so transparent, the interviews, behind the scenes stuff. And just to see how much they enjoy working with the community for funding and for feedback instead of working with a publisher. When they got the the D D license, I was kind of worried that Hasbro Wizards would get in the way. But if the dong options or any any indication, Hasbro has basically said it's, it's hands off. From what I read, they've paid for the license from from Wizards to make a DD game, and that Wizards had no involvement in the game except where they wanted, you know, feedback on stuff. And this game is is so dense with everything. Like they're not a kind of company that does D, uh, DLC or even expansions. I mean, if they did an expansion, I'd be happy, but I don't think I'd need one. And I was saying offline to these guys, any other studio, Ubisoft or EA or, or even Bioware, Blizzard, if they were to make a game like this, I think they would have taken Act 1, maybe a little bit of Act 2, and wrapped it up story-wise and called it and said that's a game. And then anything else would be a DLC or an expansion. The fact that when I'm playing this game and I'm like, even last night, I'm like told Sinister, all right, I'm going to finish this fight and I'm going to bed. Hour and a half later, I'm still playing because because there's so much. And what I thought was the end of an encounter, it was so much more, and it got so much better, and it just kept going. Every every area you think is a, is is a, is a one room experience. No, it's a dungeon. Like, oops, all dungeons. Like this game is so deep, and there's so much content. And they've said straight off the bat, they believe their philosophy is make the games that fans want, make the ones that gamers want, and gamers don't want yeah. DLC. They don't want yeah. to play pay for microtransactions make yep. a game that they would be happy with. Yep. And there's there's just there's just no fault in this game in terms of value. It's yep. really so, so you brought up EA, you brought up those groups. If it had been Squaresoft, they would have taken Act 1 and div divided it into three parts and sold three <laughs> yeah. parts for 70 bucks each. Well, so. this, this is a good point to bring this up. Um, apparently, and this is something I've been seeing a lot in the uh, the film and television media yeah. executive branches it's blaming the audience for disappointment yep. in what you created right yep. yeah. and so now with this wild success of Baldur's gate 3 all these triple a companies are coming out and being like well don't expect that from us you need to lower your expectations <laughs> and yeah. it's like what <laughs> What are you, you like? You're you're sticking your foot in your mouth here. You're like, oh, well, our next thing is gonna suck. You're just gonna have to deal with it, right? That's what I'm getting from that message. Yeah, is <laughs> yeah well, good. TV, The Witcher. The, yeah, good. The Witcher yeah, is like, Witcher's like, oh yeah, you know, it didn't do so well. You know, the audience, the Americans are stupid. They they don't know what they want. It's, oh, it's just, yeah. they don't they don't they don't want the deep yeah, writing. They don't want that they, stuff. The, every every yeah. single big budget thing these days is trying to cater to the broadest audience. Yeah. And so they don't cater to an audience. Well, right? right. Like we're starting to see that with Marvel movies. We're starting to see that with just all these big budget titles in general. Yeah. And so you get something like Baldur's gate three. That's like, okay, this is our niche. People are either going to like it and buy it or they're not our audience. Right. Simple as that. Right. 
And I imagine this game was not the cheapest thing in the world to make. I don't think it was like GTA levels of money or right. cyberpunk levels of money by any means. But I, I it's not like a hundred million dollar game, right? <laughs> it might be actually. This it? game sold really well. I mean, this came out no, three no, years I'm ago, about really early access. But yeah. yeah, I think I think it was not a cheap game. I mean, they have a sizable team. They, they also yeah, have the it's advantage. not GTA level though. You're right. They also have the advantage, and this is something Larian does well, where they do an, a long early access, a long mm -hmm. early access. And so people buy the game, help fund the development until it can get released. And, um, and, and even though they're fixing issues and even though we've had bugs, like I never felt like cyberpunk got, I, I felt like cyberpunk got shit on honestly. Now I played it on PC, which was really better experience than most of the consoles, etc. But this game for the bugs that it has very few game breaking bugs, very few. And yeah. generally it's like a reload and I'm back in if it is a game breaking bug, but you know, this is, we've talked about this before, like, you know, rush to rush to release, like Larian did it as, Hey, we'll give you something to play for the three years that it's in early access. Right. Or however long it was, it was something substantial. It was like three years or something. Yeah, it's 2020, yeah. So, but yeah, yeah. Like, just it, now there's all this controversy about like these studios are trying to kind of shit on the concept <laughs> of how Larian developed this game and they're like, yeah, that's not something that can happen in the AAA industry anymore. This is a fluke. And so, right. you know, it's a it's a constant case of learning the wrong lesson, right? The yeah. consumers yeah. are letting the industry know <laughs> we want a complete package at the gate. We're not interested in mountains of DLC. We're not interested in microtransactions out the wazoo. Like no. Baldur's Gate 3 has a DLC. It's the digital deluxe edition. It's not something you need. It does give you fancy dice. <laughs> and yeah. it gives you like a few other goodies that are like inspired by Divinity. So mm -hmm. another of their games. So it's like a little extra support if you really like it. It's some goodies if you really like the other game stuff like that but it's not they're not begging you for money with every time you log in and that's an issue and you know that's something that uh, Chris and Tom mentioned in their podcast in one of the episodes I watched where a lot of games are becoming storefronts before their games anymore right like this is yeah. a it's a problem and all these companies are like like Diablo 4 it's it's about money before it's about enjoyment for the players. And yeah, I get the industry should be about money to some degree. You yeah. can't just crap on that because the game's got to make money. Otherwise you don't get more of them, but it shouldn't take away from the experience. And that's what we see too much of these days. Jimmy, I don't know what you're talking about. If it isn't NFTs, it's shit. <laughs> well, okay, we're about to see that kind of mentality. We've been seeing that mentality a little bit from Squaresoft. <laughs> Who knows what we're going to get in the future? I'm not excited about it. Obviously, I'm being heavily sarcastic. No, if, I know. <laughs> if I find a game, if somebody's like, "This is an NFT," I'm like, mm, "No, no NFTs for well, me." You remember Dragon Age when that came out? That's that's yeah. a long, quite a long time ago. Now, if we look back at it, but that's one of the games that fantastic game but in your camp there's a dude who basically is shilling for dlc to help him on his quest <laughs> he's literally there saying i need your help adventurer but i need you to go here 
and you got to buy a freaking my, DLC to unlock this quest. That game ever being really bad with it. My so, child but and my dog. Wow. My child and my dog have cancer, and if you don't buy this yeah. DLC, I can't get the cure. <laughs> For only five ninety nine, fifty cents a day, and a cup of coffee, you can be the adventure that I need. Yeah, no. Right. All right, guys. Uh, yeah. This has been a long one. This has been great, though. I, for anybody who has not yet played Baldur's Gate 3, if you have any interest in DD or any of these this genre of games, it's super fantastic. It's such a great game. And it's long as hell. Like I think I'm at 70 hours, 60 hours, something ridiculous. And I'm only yeah. I, I just finished two thirds of the game. Like there's just so much there. You I'm at 16. I'm at 16.7 hours and I feel like I'm still at the beginning. Like, yeah, you probably are. Yeah, <laughs> you are. Yeah. But, but honestly, it's, it's good. Uh, based on what I've played so far, if I were pressed today, I'd give it a solid 9.5 out of 10 personally. Yeah. Yeah. All well, right, guys. I mean, I started it and then I'm having trouble trying to finish tears of the kingdom. Cause I want to play this instead. <laughs> I'm really focusing on finishing Tears of the Kingdom. Like I have and a thing now where I'm like, I got to finish a game, especially if it's one I like. I got to finish it before I move on. Otherwise, what's the point? So, and now we've <laughs> lost all of our viewership because uh, <laughs> Zelda, Zelda, Zelda. No. Well, I like bought Starfield it second hand. Okay, weeks, so. I, I bought my yeah. second hand. That's true. <laughs> yeah, 2023 has been packed for releases. Like it, it's yeah. been. If you're a gaming fan, you've been feasting all, all year, just nonstop games this year. It's it's insane. So, all right, guys, let's wrap it up. So I'll, I'll go around the table. What are you guys working on? What have you been doing? Uh, Wolf, what have you been playing? Well, you've been playing Balls Gate 3. Um, <laughs> well, have you a little been bit of streaming? Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. Um, yeah, I streamed Baldur's Gate 3 this week. Uh, last week I mentioned I streamed Halo ODST. Um, trying to finish up Tears of the Kingdom finally. Looking forward to Sea of Stars. So I forgot about that's, that game. That's yeah. where I'm at right now. Yeah, Sea of Stars. I, I think Baldur's Gate is going to have to take a little bit of a break for Sea of Stars because I just loved yeah. the Messenger and Chrono Trigger. So, <laughs> yeah, I got we got to play Sea of Stars and do an episode on it because I know I just know I'm going to love that game. I Messenger is one of my favorite games of all time. All right, Sinistar, what have you? What have you been playing? What have you been doing for the channel? Um, so obviously Baldur's Gate three. Uh, I do stream rarely, but I I do stream here sometimes. Um. I've also been, I'm going to shout out something away from gaming. Uh, I watched the um, first season of the show Silo on Apple TV, which is based on a book. I finished the first book in the series. I'm in the second book. It's awesome. The book, the first book is called Wool. The second book is called Shift. The third book is called Dust, I believe. Um, it's the yes. Silo series. It's awesome. I... I, I to jump on that i am 55 percent through dust at this point mm, nice ever since finishing the silo series i went through the books and yeah. i'm loving it and the silo tv series is fantastic has yes. rebecca ferguson yeah i have to check that out uh so for me i've not been doing much for the channel except for the podcast because i'm moving unfortunately uh the next few weeks have been hectic for me um, but there's one thing coming out, the uh, Shredder's Revenge, the Ninja Turtles game that came out uh, earlier this year, or was it last year? Fantastic game. And it's getting DLC for like eight bucks, two new characters and a new like survival mode. I actually really want to play that. So I'll probably check that out either with you guys or I'll check it out with my kids. So I'll be playing that and I'll try and turn that into a video for the channel. 
Um, Chris, again, let's shout out your podcast. I want to, pre- I really appreciate you coming in to talk about Ball's Gate with three with us this week, but, uh, for where can folks listen to you and your friend for your show? Yeah. Um, again, thanks so much guys for having me on. This was fun. Uh, I, I just love talking about this game and I'm going to pick your brain, Jake, about the stuff that you were talking about earlier on. Um, but, uh, yeah, t- you can catch our, our podcast one hour, one decision on most of the podcasting platforms, I believe like Spotify, Apple, all that good stuff. And then we are on uh, quit the build channel on YouTube and, um, yeah, we, we, our episodes drop generally every Wednesday nights and, um, yeah. And then we're on Twitter. Uh, I, at least I will, I'll be on there every once in a while at, uh, at TC one H one D sorry, X, whatever it's called now, but whatever it Twitter. is, Twitter, Twitter, <laughs> yeah. Twitter for life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. And, um, yeah, this, again, I, I appreciate, appreciate you guys having me on and, uh, it's, it's, been, it's been awesome. It's been awesome. Yeah. Also, you also stream when you. I think you also stream on oh, yeah. Twitch occasionally when you. And because uh, I do, watched, yeah. I, I love it because you did a you did a cricket game from Game Pass, and I know yeah. nothing about cricket. I'm Canadian, <laughs> like I don't know anything about the sport. But watching you play cricket on Twitch for the hour and listen to the episode afterwards was fantastic. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. We do. You we never do know what you're gonna on get on Game Pass, man. Exactly. I argue no one actually understands cricket. You know. <laughs> I, I posted a little like mini review on TikTok. That is uh, my most viewed really? video so far. Awesome. And the one that's been commented on, because I guess I've offended a lot of people that <laughs> watch or or, 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 or huge, play cricket. I, no, and I, I know it's a world sport. I get it. But I, those, I honestly I don't know. Don't those games last like months? Days. At least days. Yeah. <laughs> At least days. <laughs> like. Do they go home and sleep or do they just play like and just like it, once the player drops, they just shuffle in the next. Yeah. Anyway. I, so <laughs> is and it then, the uh, monopoly of sports? Maybe. I guess so. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, and one of the things I, I made a complaint about was like the game is really quiet. Right. And apparently that is a thing. You're supposed to be yes. quiet during a yeah. pitch or whatever. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, all right. Cool. Uh, I I is, wanna... It's a bowl. Yes. <laughs> sorry. It's a You're bowl. A bowler, I, not I, a pitcher. I, like I do want to point out uh, if if cricket's big in Zimbabwe, we actually love cricket. <laughs> we love you, Zimbabwe. <laughs> we are we are we need to get back to our top three uh, in Zimbabwe. We were charting for Apple early on in our podcast career wow. in Zimbabwe. Well, I don't know why, but we we've <laughs> lost that spot. And we need to work our way back up. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, awesome. All right, guys. Uh, so for those watching the, this live on YouTube or watching the video, please give us a like or subscribe. We are trying to build the, the channel on YouTube. We're trying to get to that 500, hopefully, within a year. Uh, otherwise, if you like your audio podcast, you can find us on all your favorite audio apps from Amazon to uh, iTunes to Google Podcasts. And if there's somewhere you listen or an app you listen to podcasts and we're not there, you let me know and I'll track them down and I'll make sure they add press B. Uh, check out our website, pressb2cancel.com. There's also links to our Discord there. Please join us on our Discord if you'd like to talk about games. Or, you know, post beams, that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, this has been great. All right, guys, this has been Presby to Cancel. Thank you very much. Bear sex. Natural one.
Thank you.